It's another blessed morning out there. Once again, welcome to the Potter's Gate online broadcast. We honor God for another wonderful, blessed day he has ushered into our lives. We glorify him this morning for his kindness, his mercy that are new every morning. Wherever you are, wherever you'll be joining us from this morning, if you have been awakened to this wonderful, beautiful, glorious day, let us join hands together and honor God. I want to believe God for great things once again this morning as we journey in the spirit towards the place of the Father's good pleasure. His counsel and his intentions for our life are continually unfolding as we surrender to his voice, to his will this morning. I pray once again that our life will express his ultimate desire in the earth. Father, we thank you. We exalt you. We honor you. We glorify you. We celebrate your love and goodness in our life. Once again, we approach you this morning with a heart of love, gratitude, appreciation. We acknowledge your authority, your power, your dominion, and of course, your sovereignty in our lives. We declare this morning once again, O oh Father, that your spirit <clears throat> will accomplish that which you desire in our lives and through our lives. We ask you, Lord, to take us beyond our expectation. Help us to come into union with you, oneness with you. We pray this morning that our heart, O oh God, we align with your program for today. There's a plan, there's an objective, there's a desire, there's a design that you have set aside for today. And we have come, Lord, to agree, even as we lay down everything that we are, all that we have and all that we hope to be, we lay them down. We ask you this morning to come in your spirit and through your spirit, make your abode once again in us. We know you're ready in us, but we're asking you once again to take your place. We permit you to do what you desire to do in us and through us. As we continue to look into your heart, into your mind regarding your voice for this new day. Lord, we cooperate with what you're saying. We agree with what you're saying. We say that we are, yes, that church of the third day. We are that church making their way into the holies of holy. We declare in the name of Jesus that our lives will not be relegated to the outer court, to the outer realm. So all that it takes, Father, to live within the ambience, within the standard of what is known as the holies of holy, that is what we have come to offer you. And so, Father, we pray once again, lead us via your spirit. Christ, we pray once again that you will be crowned king over our lives. That our words, yes, the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts will unite with you. Lord, we declare not our will this morning, but your will be done. Yes, this is our prayer this morning. That your will will find inroad and expression in us. That your will will find, yes, a place of expression. That we will not fight your intentions. We will agree, we will embrace it, oh God. That every part of us will say yes to you this morning. So we thank you. We honor you. May your word continue to grow in us. 
May your word take root in our lives. Because we cannot pray except we have your word, which is the gateway to truth in our hearts. So we thank you this morning. Take your place. Have your way. May our ears be open to hear the mysteries of your kingdom. May our minds be open, yes, to the counsels of your, of your presence. We ask this morning that you will touch our eyes to see the things, O oh God, that you've ordained for us to see. That every part of us will say yes to your will. That every part of our being this morning, yes, will cry out to you. That we will become indeed a living sacrifice. A people offered unto God as a living sacrifice. We thank you. We honor you this morning. Have your way in our lives. We bind our minds, our thoughts, our faculties. We bind every aspect of our being unto you. We proclaim this morning that we do not exist outside of you. We do not have the power to exist. We do not have the authority to exist outside of you. In you, Christ, we live, we move, we have our being. So we say, once again, take your place. Be rooted in our lives. And may we be rooted in you. Take your place. Be glorifying us. Have your way this morning. Guide us. Lead us. Teach us. May we be quick to respond. May we be quick to surrender. May we be quick to obey your speakings. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed from the mouth of God. May we live from the proceeding word. We glorify you once again. Come, take your place, have your way. Be exalted in our life. Be glorified in us. Be magnified in us. In Christ's name we have prayed. Amen. Friends, I want to welcome you. Thank you, Sister Tina, Sister uh, um, Priscilla this morning. And any other person joining us, wherever you are joining from or you'll be joining us from, I want to welcome you. I'm hoping that uh, before 6, just some few minutes to 6, I'm not sure if the uh, uh, the lights you know, will be off for 6. But well, I've been awake all night. I've been waiting on God. I'm just praying and seeking the heart of God and getting to know his mind for the days that we live in. And of course, and the days ahead of us. So... Uh, somehow I'm I'm not even you know in line with with time, but I'm just flowing as the spirit of the Lord leads me. You're welcome. Thank you, Sister Mary, also for joining us this morning. It's always a pleasure to have you wonderful people, and I mean that. Amen. Our 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 expression, our position in the in the Lord. Amen. Is, is that of beauty. Amen. We're all beautiful people. Our spirit, amen, uh, uh, expresses the love of God. And we want to thank God that because of people like us in the earth, that there is hope. Yes. Humanity is the expression of hope. So we must continue, amen, to speak hope, must continue to walk by faith and allow God's intentions for our life, no matter how bleak situation may be around us. Amen. That is not our position and that is not uh, where amen, we should stand and speak from. We must speak from a position of light, from a position of truth. Hallelujah. We must speak from a position of what the word of God says. You know, I'm talking about that. You know, we've been dealing with the issues of the kingdom. I, I, I want to believe that some of these uh, 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 teachings that we have been doing, these highlights we have been bringing across 
in dealing with prayer. I want to believe that is helping you. I, I, you know, I'm of the persuasion that one of the most easiest way to equip Christians, particularly, you know, those who are going to be used by God, amen, is through the place of the Spirit. All right? No matter the knowledge, no matter the theology we try to, you know, pass and infuse men with, if people have not caught the essence, the, the, the purpose, the, 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 the value of, of, of their spirituality in, connect, in connection with God, amen, whatever we give to them will not suffice. It will just be another, you know, accumulation of knowledge. And knowledge is very powerful. I believe so much in, in developing ourselves, in getting to know things. But I believe more, amen, in knowing the things of the Spirit. All right? A lot of things that we have talked about, we have tried to understand in the past, that we are actually built on the foundation of religion. All right? And, and we are seeing how that thing is dying on a day-to-day -day basis. The ideas of men, the traditions of men that we call church, all of these things that we are still holding on to, all right, that is giving us a sense of duty, a sense of some, if you will, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, if, uh, I want to call it a pseudo sense of spirituality. But that thing has no life. It has no power. It, it has no posture before God. That thing is dead that thing has been judged all right and everything that god has given to us as a tool amen to to come to communicate to commune to relate amen to interact with him and with ourselves and of course with the world has to be redefined and this is why i believe amen the lord has really placed a strong burden upon my heart in relating to prayer because everybody prays but not everybody pray you know, in, in the way that they are expected to pray. And I believe that this, this is not something that is unique to us today. We saw that even, amen, in the days of our Lord Jesus Christ, the disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, you know, in Luke chapter 11, when Jesus, amen, finished praying, one of his disciples says, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. As John taught his, his disciple, teach us how to pray. And, you know, I, I posted something uh, early hours, you know, this morning on my timeline, that effective prayer is built and established, amen, on the doctrines of Christ, on the teachings of Christ. And I hope that people will understand what I'm trying to say. That our prayer should not be motivated just by, you know, our need. Our prayer should not be motivated by, you know, our anxiety, you know, our sense of fear and lack. Our prayer, prayer was not given to us, amen, just to meet our need. Prayer is a, is, is a conduit, amen, that connects us with heaven. It's the only instrument, the only spiritual instrument, amen, that connects us. The only gateway, the only ladder, if you will. Prayer is the portal. That connects the natural dimension to the spiritual realities. Come on. And God is helping us in this new day to redefine this powerful arsenal. That the enemy has almost made a religious thing. We are reclaiming back, amen, all the lost truth. We are reclaiming back, amen, every lost truth. The Pharisees are good in something. They are good in taking 
that which has been designed to enhance, to develop, to empower, to build the things of God, they take that thing and transform it into a religious circus. Jesus said, amen, they hold the keys of the kingdom. They stand at the door. They won't go in and they will not allow those who want to enter, amen, to come in. This is a, this is, these are serious things. You know, yesterday night, to us early hours, the Lord has been speaking to me about these things. Friends, we have to know that the priesthood has changed. If the priesthood has changed, they say the testator also must change. We cannot say that we are in a new day, hallelujah. God has ushered us into a new day and we're still holding on to the old order. We're still believing, you know, that the old will work. We're still trying to do things from the old pattern. The order has changed. And we have to understand that, amen, in relating even to prayer, how we pray, the focus of our prayer, the essence of our prayer, the motivation of our prayer, all of that, amen, has to be adjusted back to God's original intention. Prayer cannot be, amen, limited and be solely focused on just meeting our material need. They said we should do one thing first. Seek the kingdom of God first. And that comes with a very huge price. That comes with a, with a huge responsibility. To begin to pray the kingdom of God to come. Meaning that is not here. When Jesus said this is how you must pray. He said where you pray. Amen. Say our father who art in, hell of, in, in heaven hallowed be your name. He said pray your kingdom. The kingdom of the father. The kingdom of God to come on earth. And then let his will be done. That is amen. The priority. The heartbeat. The longing. The desire. Of the father expressed through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says when he finished praying. One of his disciples. I mean walk up to him. I'm sure they were watching him. They were listening to him. What is this man saying? This is not how we've been taught to pray. This is not how we've seen the Pharisee pray. This is not how we've seen others pray. Jesus in the act of prayer. Amen. Reveals something to his disciples that they could not hold back. They had to go to him and ask him. Teach, teach us. And friends, you like it or not, spiritual things can be taught. Of course, via the spirit and through the spirit. So if we're not spiritual and we don't have a desire or passion for spiritual things, we can learn spiritual things. The Bible says we use spiritual things to explain spiritual things. So I'm hoping and I'm praying that in this new day that heaven has ushered us into, that we will present ourselves empty unto God so that he can begin to fill us with fresh, fresh perspective, new concepts, new ideas. I mean, if the Bible says we must pray the kingdom of God to come, it tells us that this is an unending mission. This is an unending ending assignment why because that prayer is sourced from the place where amen the revelation of christ becomes real to us it was jesus himself not the disciple nobody made, made this that it was christ that said this is how you need to pray the focus the essence the power the potency of your prayer amen is kingdom of god is the kingdom of god 
So that means that how we understand the kingdom itself has to change. How we understand and interact with the kingdom of God has to change. If I ask you, what is the kingdom of God to you? What would you tell me? Because when the kingdom of God comes to you, guess what? Your own kingdom must give way. <laughs> when God's kingdom come into your life, into me, all the dimensions that defines who you are, because we all have kingdoms. We all act of, have kingdoms, amen, that are motivated by human values, cultures, ideas, belief system. If you're a colored person, there is a kingdom that you subscribe to. If you're a black person, there is a kingdom that you were born into. If you're a white person, there is a kingdom, amen, that you were born into. Wherever you come, wherever you come from, amen. Listen, there is a kingdom that has been entrenched there. There's a value system, a belief system that has been entrenched. That even when you give your life to Jesus, that kingdom is still making a demand. The king on the throne of that kingdom is still making a demand on you to bow the knees. Even though you now claim that, amen, you are, you, you are in Christ. You've, you, you've given your life to Jesus, but you, you will agree with me, amen, that there are still on the current war. There are still dimensions within your soul seeking you to bow the knees to the kingdom of the flesh, to the kingdom of man, to the kingdom of your own idea. The Lord was saying to me, you cannot be a conduit of the manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth if that kingdom cannot impact your life first. That prayer will be an hypocritical prayer. You can't be saying the right thing and your heart, your mind, amen, your life is not in agreement with what you're saying. That is the height of hypocrisy. These people draw near to me with their mouth, but their heart is not corresponding to what their mouth is saying. Jesus said that. They say, teach us. So we need to continually engage on this issue, friends. Because when we begin to pray the kingdom of Christ to come in the way that the Lord will have us pray, friends, in no time we will finish the work. In no time we will perfect the things that the Lord expects us to perfect within, amen, the, 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 the space of our assignment. I, I, don't, I don't want to continue to roam around, you know, uh, some, some, some mountain without making headway in the things of the Spirit. I don't know about you. I've seen a lot of spiritual frustration. There are a lot of, a lot of Christians praying but their prayer is not making any impact because the foundation the values that defines those prayer are totally amen you know are, 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 are disconnected from from the things from the ways of god from the ways of christ we have to begin to look into this thing don't just go through the motion Don't just go through some act where your heart is not in alignment. 
A lot of people this morning, they wake up, they say they want to pray. But their prayer is totally aberrant to the values. Prayers are born, amen, from a value system. Prayers, amen, are born from, I mean, people who are into other religion, they also pray. And many of you will tell you they're also praying to God. In fact, you will hear that, oh, we're all serving the same God. There are all kinds of values that have been shrouded around, amen, you know, uh, spirituality, religion. But come on, when we begin to study God's word, we begin to see that, wait a minute, something is not just jealous, something is not connecting. There's a disconnection. There's a disconnection. And I have a problem, amen, with the kind of a prayer that is not in alignment, that is not in agreement, that is not in, in standing with what has been written in God's word. And when we talk about what has been written, we have to also balance that because somebody can take a strand of a word, a strand of truth, and build a whole mountain around it called doctrine, which is what we've done, you know, in time past. And many are still doing it. But the Bible says, yes, the Bible says, but, you know, scripture explains scripture. You cannot use one scripture, hallelujah, and build a doctrine and build your own ideology around that scripture and say, after all, the Bible says so. No, you've got to understand that the word of God, amen, is not broken. The word of God is connected. Let every, let every word, hallelujah, be confirmed out of the mouth of two or three. What am I doing? If we are going to enter this new day, this end of days, and we're going to stand strong, we're going to stand well, we're going to stand, amen, with boldness, then we have to do things the way the Lord will have us do it. He said, pray that his kingdom come. Just begin to think of the weightiness of that word. Begin to think of the weightiness of the kingdom of God coming to earth. Every other kingdom, hallelujah, will vanquish. And that begins with our own life. I pray this morning that the kingdom of God will come into every area of your life. The kingdom of God is my my prayer that the kingdom of God will come into. When we say the kingdom of God, we're talking about the government of God coming. The government of God, the authority of God, the rulership of Christ. Imagine. When the rulership of Christ comes into an aspect of your life, that area will never remain the same. You cannot be the same again. Because guess what? When the kingdom of God comes, every other kingdom, amen, are alien. And they are kicked out. And this is why, amen, people rather pray, you know, a ceremonial religious prayer. And go through the motion. And pray a prayer that is focused on self. Just like many of our ministry is focused on self. What we, what we can do for the people. What, amen. Yes. No, no. Prayer is not about, ministry is not about, amen, what we can get from God. Ministry is about serving God. Prayer is about serving God. It's about what God, amen, wants. When you begin to pray, your perspective to life and ministry begins to change. You begin to see things through the eyes of God, not through the human eyes. You see, the prayer and the way we have done life and ministry in the past is that we look at we look at the things of God through our own eyes, through our own perspective. What can I get from God? What can what can God do for me? How can I use God to be better? 
So you 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 will fast, amen. You will fast forty days just because you want to get something from God. You see, man is motivated when it comes to using God to get something. We are very motivated. Man is very motivated when it comes to, amen. You know, climb that mountain, that hill. Hey, your miracle is there waiting for you. We are very, very motivated. But you turn the perspective around. You say, well, this one is what you can do for God. Ah, they tell you, I don't have the time. Ah, bro. <laughs> no. Suddenly, they don't have the time. Suddenly, ah, no, you see, I think you shift the perspective of ministry. You shift it from what you can get from God to amen, how you can offer your life and serve God. You will notice that people are not there. Look at amen, many of the ministry where they've got, you know, numbers of people in hundreds or in thousands attending there. You begin to, you know, scrutinize the value of, of the message in that, in, that, in that center, in that church. You will see that it's all about, it's all about amen, what God can do for the people. How God can give you X, Y, Z. How God can fight your enemy for you. You see, when you live life from that perspective, you're already defeated. Because that is not, amen, what the Lord, what the word of God taught us. That's not what is in the Bible. We are trying to correct something and it's difficult. But guess what? This is the right path. It's difficult because we have imbibed our own ways. Not my will. That's the last prayer. Jesus praying, get so many. Not my will, but thy will be done. No one, no one, no one forces me into this work. No one forces me, yes, to go to the cross. He said, I willingly, I lay my will. Your will is given to you to serve God. Not to make a choice, amen, that will, that will lead you to something else. He said, why then did God give us a way? Because he wants you, amen, to be aware that this is the purpose. This is the essence of your life. I gave you the will to choose so you can choose him. Why didn't God intervene in, 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 in the garden? When Satan came, amen, to lie, to deceive Adam and Eve, why didn't God just intervene? Because he had already given them a will. He had given them, amen, the power to know. He had given them the choice and they made their choice. You see, we all have the power to, to choose. And I've chosen to walk this path that I'm not going to walk. This morning I was, I was praying, I said, Lord, make me one of the few who will live their life via the standard of your word i don't want my life to be judged by what i have done what i have achieved what i've acquired i want my life to be judged by me serving you that's what i want now when i finally close my eyes to be with you i want the people around to be able to say this man served god not because of the houses they've seen me build. Not because of the schools they've seen me build. Not because of the bank they've seen me open. Not because of, you know, the, 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 the vehicles and the aircraft that I bought and all of those things. They're good. But I don't want to be known by those things and I don't want to be valued by those things. 
I want my life to be valued by what I have done in serving the Lord. There's something that I, I, I wrote. I'm trying to quickly look for it. Because I, I think it will help us to begin to understand yes God's intentions for our life God's plan for our life you see prayer <laughs> is more than what we think it is and I pray I hope that as we continue to pray the Lord will continue to open our eyes of understanding that we will be truly illuminated a man can only know his true value or worth in the place of a Christ-centered prayer lifestyle. The only time you will know what you worth and who you are is in the act of prayer because prayer awakens your true identity before, before you as you stand before the Father. A man can only know his true value or what in the place of a Christ-centered prayer. When we, pray, when we pray Christ's kingdom to come, we place our entire life on the measuring scale of the Spirit. If you don't want to know who you are and where you are in life, don't pray. Christ-centered prayer kingdom-centered prayer. You know why today the devil is after the prayer of the saints? Because he knows that that is the point and place where they don't just get to have power and authority to challenge him, but they get to know who they are. Who they are. When you read the word of God and you begin to pray what you've read, one of the things that begins to awaken on the inside of you is your true image, is your true identity and position. Hallelujah. On earth. And of course, before the Father. That's why when you begin to pray, you get to a certain point. You begin to feel there's a need to repent. You begin to feel there's a need to, you know, to fall before God and begin to ask for mercy. Suddenly, you, what you are not even thinking about flood, floods your mind and you begin to weep before the Lord and say, God, have mercy on me. Why? Because prayer exposes you to you. You know why? Because you're moving towards God. And anything in your life, amen, that is not in alignment with his will, the process of prayer deals with that, remove that. So that by the time you get before him, you get before him with what? With confidence, with boldness. The Bible says that we should approach him. What? In confidence. You can only do that when you have an open, openness, a sincerity of heart. So there's so much that um, we need to know that I've not even been taught in the place of prayer. Because this thing is a spiritual tool, is a spiritual, you know, a, a I don't want to call it a weapon, but it is a weapon. But it's a spiritual, you know, reality that brings you to a point, to a place where you are able, 
yes, to, to, to represent God's intentions for, for your life and creation. A man can only know his true worth in the place of prayer. And what God has designed and ordained for you can only be revealed in the place of prayer. When you start to pray, we've seen that in the scripture. It was Peter, amen, on, uh, you know, on the roof. He was praying. They opened his eyes. They said, well, three men are coming. When they come, this is what you must do. When you begin to pray, God's mind is revealed. In the place of prayer, God's mind was revealed to, to, you know, to Paul. This is what you must do. This is how you must interact. Don't leave, amen. Still stay here. The place of prayer is a place of divine, hallelujah, awakening, divine knowledge, divine wisdom. Counsel is given to you there. And the enemy is going to do everything to try to hinder or stop you. But the point that we are making as we talk about, amen, praying Christ's kingdom to come is that we want to be truly open to the ministry of Christ. And we, we do that by asking him. You've got to invite Christ. You've got to invite Christ and his kingdom into your life. The Lord does not impose himself on us. If we want to see the glory of God manifest in the church like never before, we have to make a demand. We have to ask the Lord. We have to seek his, his will and counsel. We have to in bring him back like, like they carry the ark. We have to bring amen, the ark back into our domain. The Lord takes the light in us seeking him. He said, those who seek me diligently with all their heart, with all their faculty will find me. Are we getting this, friends? The Spirit of the Lord wants to do a new thing nowadays. But we have to, first of all, see that thing. And then we take that thing, amen, via the Spirit and begin to embellish that reality into our own life. Like I always say, whenever God wants to move in the earth, in any society, in any community, God always finds the people that are willing, that are available. Yes, that's all it takes. The willingness, the availability. He's the one that perfects you. He's the one that prepares you. You're not the one. And many of the things that we are going through or that are coming our way are mechanisms of preparation. They are, you know, instruments of preparation for the next phase, for the next reality of God's intentions in our life. When we pray God's kingdom to come, amen, there are things that will be set in motion in our life, amen, that will begin to align us to the coming of that kingdom. The kingdom of God, amen, will come in all forms and ways and avenues. You don't know that. I don't know that. <clears throat> I don't know how the kingdom of God is going to come into the financial system of the world. But it's coming. The kingdom of God is coming into the life of those in government. It's coming. They like it or not, it's coming. The kingdom of God is coming, amen, into the institutions of education of the world. It's coming. The kingdom of God is coming into 
communities, cities. It's coming. The kingdom of God is coming into what we call church. It's coming. And God help you if you're not ready, if you're not prepared for that coming. Because it's coming. He that will come will come. So we have to understand what the spirit of God is doing in our day, in our time. We have to open our heart. We have to open ourselves. We have to make ourselves ready. Just like before, amen, Christ came. There was, there was, there was a man by the name John the Baptist, amen, who prepared the way of the Lord and made his path straight. That's what we're talking about. You want the kingdom of God to come. You want Christ to be manifest. You have to become the John the Baptist. Amen. Preparing the way of the Lord through your life. Through, amen. Are you aligning your life to the will of God, to the counsel of God? Yes. The kingdom of God doesn't come to a people that are not ready, that are not prepared. The kingdom of God does not appear in a society where people, amen, are not ready for him, are not seeking him. No. You have to understand that Simeon and Anna, amen, they, they daily offer themselves in the place of prayer and fasting for the coming, hallelujah, of the Son. If you want to see Christ's kingdom come in South Africa, you and I will have to offer ourselves on behalf of South Africa and begin to cry, Lord, we ask your kingdom to come, amen, into our government, into our parliament, into the life, yes, of those in authority. We are asking your kingdom to come and manifest itself even in our, in our economic system. Wherever you are, you want the kingdom of God to come, you have to pay the price. And paying the price, friends, is more than just praying, God, may your kingdom come. Because when you begin to pray that kingdom to come, guess what? They start aligning you, amen, to certain value system. They start demanding certain order of thinking, of reasoning. They start connecting you, hallelujah, with certain places and people, hallelujah. The kingdom of God that is coming in prayer will get to be manifest in act. Are you getting this? We have to understand. That's why the first order of the coming of the kingdom is to cleanse us. Is to remove, amen, the, 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 the presumptions, if you will, the disconnections. And we were looking at all of that, amen, throughout last week. I was talking about, amen, the kingdom of God coming into our subconscious, into our, the, the, the faculties of how, we think, how we reason, how we behave. Yes. Those are areas that the kingdom of God wants to invade. The areas of our soul. We are in a decade of salvation, the redemption of the soul. Gonna the days where we just, you know, chip talk spiritual things. No, spiritual things now, amen, must impact our soul life. He restored my soul. God is restoring the soul of his church. God is bringing us to the place and point of divine compliance. Every area of our life, amen, must agree and must submit to the demand of the spirit. We cannot say, well, I want to do the will of God, but the flesh is weak. No, we have to make the flesh obey by doing what will bring the flesh to obedience. One of the one of the two things basically that brings the flesh to obedience, amen, is when we daily take up our cross. The flesh doesn't like the cross. You take up the you know your cross daily, and guess what? And follow. 
They don't just take the cross and say, well, I'm bearing the burdens of this world. No, they say, follow Jesus. You take up your cross daily. You follow him. And then the second thing that puts the flesh where it belongs, amen, is a life of prayer. The flesh doesn't like prayer. When you find yourself, amen, not praying the way you ought to pray, know who is in charge. Know the kingdom you're subscribing to. Know that you're subscribing, amen, to another kingdom that is not of God. Because when you subscribe to the kingdom of God, when the kingdom of God is alive in you, your prayer life, hallelujah, will be fervent. Your prayer life, amen, will be accelerated. You will find yourself seeking daily to please God. When you find people running from the things of the spirit, it's because they are subscribing to another kingdom. Another master is in their life, is ruling and controlling their life. They may be talking all the Christian you know, talk. They may have the Christian lingua. They may, they may be doing everything that a Christian is doing, but their life is no longer in proximity earlier, to the will and standard of God. I don't measure my life by the num, you know, by the number of scriptures that I know. No, I measure my life by how my heart is pulsating towards the presence of God. The moment I realize that my heart is no longer seeking, I always tell them around me. I say, ah, look, guys, please give me time. I need to pray. I need to pray. I'm not just praying because I need to get something. I'm praying, amen, to be in tune with my Father. I, prayer is being in tune with God. Don't you know that if you, if you are no longer in tune with God, it's easy for the devil to finish you. Listen, without God in your life, you are no match for the devil. Without Christ in your life, you are no match for the devil. He will finish you hands down. He will finish, in fact, he would have forgotten that he finished you. There's a scripture that I want us to track because my point, the point I'm making this morning is that we can do basically nothing without Christ in our life. We live in a day where, amen, the war, the battle is between, amen, the, 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 the flesh life and the spirit and the life of the spirit. The world wants you to live, amen, by your idea, by your own belief system. They, they believe that you have what it takes to succeed in life. There is a, 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 there's a teaching out there today. They call it the, you know, the new philosophy that is seeking to crown man, amen, as, as, you know, this being, this invisible being that can achieve anything by his own will. He just needs to be more focused. He just needs to be more dedicated. He just needs to be more disciplined. He just needs to be, you know, to be more studious. He just needs to, you know, meditate, you know, and, and do all of these things that the power to achieve and become anything is within you. They lie to you. Jesus said it. Without me, you can do absolutely nothing. Including the, the power to pray is the one that steers your heart to pray. He motivates us to do. The ability to will and to do comes from him. But this su very subtle demonic teaching is telling you that you, you, you have what it takes to be anything. Jesus said you can do nothing. You can become nothing without him. He, listen, everything has a source. Everything you see in life, both visible and invisible, has their own source. 
there is a cause to every action or reaction in life. Colossians made us to know that everything came from Christ. He is the reason for all things. And this demonic teachings is out there and is coming to the church in the name of you know, self-motivation. You just need to look inward. If there's anything that is in, inside of you, it's Christ. If you cannot see that Christ and you're seeing something else, I can assure you, I can predict, I, I will even prophesy, I can predict the end. You know it. It's going to be disastrous. It's going to be disaster. Why am I saying this? Prayer brings us to a recognition that without the life of God in us, we can, we can barely survive a day. If you survive, you find yourself, amen, surviving. And, I, and I, I'm, you know, using that word, you find yourself surviving. Three, four days, four weeks without praying. Listen, that is the mercy of God in operation. And you don't want to take that mercy for granted. That is the mercy of God. And you think you've got some power somewhere. You've got some know-how. You, 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 you can, uh, you've planned it. There, there's no plan. There is no thing that you put together. I mean, that's what the scripture tells us. A man can plan all the plans in this world, but it's the Lord that finally defines and determines the end result. You see, we're taking prayer off the religious clusters, the religious ideas. When you say to people, let us pray, you see that religious spirit, that religious spirit quickly get up. It's a, it's a demon. It, that thing comes. Oh, now, when, when you hear, let us pray, you, you, that's a place of spiritual transaction. It's a place that demands your sight. When you say, let us pray, you need to immediately begin to connect to the frequency of the spirit. Because you want to know, you want to be in alignment with the will of God. Because, hey, it's going to be a problem that you're praying and you're praying outside of what God desired to see manifest regarding that request or petition. We don't just go to God to seal our needs, our desire or, you know, uh, you know what we want. No, we go to present to him and say, what do you think? Does this align with your will? Is this part of what you have ordained for today? What is the route? What is the direction you've ordained for me to take today? I know I, 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 I've got this particular route. I always take to walk. But Holy Spirit, guide me, lead me. Show me the path. Amen. Trust in God. When you pray, amen, you express your position of faith and trust and confidence in the Lord. Hallelujah. Prayer is the awakening of our conscience. And the unconscious part of our being to the truth and the reality of Christ's essence and authority. 
It's important that when we begin to make this definition, amen, we separate Christ-centered, kingdom-focused prayer from the religious ideas that have been promoted for decades and centuries. We break away from the, the religious norms. All the things that have surrounded the idea of prayer. We say no. The priesthood has changed. The order has changed. The pattern has changed. This is the way Christ. Listen. The teachings of Christ are the principle for human existence. Are the principle, amen, for human success. The teachings of Christ are the only tools to succeed, to break through, to excel, and to be victorious in life. When Christ and his teachings are not in your life, you are bound to surrender and submit, amen, to the lies and to the ignorance of this world system. And when, amen, their system collapses, you collapse with them. Some people tell you that, well, other religions have been in existence. Other teachers, other great thinkers, they will tell you how, you know, Buddhism and other religion has been before Christianity and before Christ. The point is, it's not how long a religion or a lie has been in existence or falsehood has been in existence. The Bible says, God in his due time, in due season, sent forth his son. Paul referred to himself, one born. He said, though I am the least, though I am the last of the apostles, I'm not even fit or worthy to be called an apostle. He said, but I was one born in due time. There's something called the due time of God. The due time of God. Hallelujah. Benchmark, override that which has been before. Religion practice. 400, 4,000 years before he was born. He came and he said, now the time has come for things to be strengthened up. When Jesus appeared at River Jordan, there was a religion that was in existence. There was a religious system well organized with pomp and pageantry. Well resourced. That was, amen, you know, in existence. Nations come to Israel. Nations come to Israel to bow to that order. When, when John saw Jesus coming to Jordan to be baptized, he told them, Behold the Lamb of God. Which Lamb? This is the Lamb of God that takes away, that removes once and for all, that puts to an end that which you've been practicing, amen, for these centuries, for these donkeys of years. When the truth comes, Whatever has been in the pipeline, whatever has been the standard and the yastic, amen, and has been the value system, is get to be what? Removed. And I hear the Lord say, the standard, the day for the standard of my truth has come. Any other thing and every other thing that does not align to the values to the standard of God now must be defined obsolete. Even in the place of spiritual act. 
is not enough to talk about amen, spirituality. We have to contextualize that spirituality. They say, let this mind be in you. This is something the Lord has been dealing with me on for some time now. Christ is the standard and is the yastic to every dimension of human existence, including how we define spirituality. You hear where there are many ways to God. No. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, and he is the God, and he is the way to, to himself. Let's get it right. You proclaim and teach on the kingdom of God, and Christ is not the center, is not the center of that message. It's not the focus, it's not the aim, it's not the objective of that message. Then it's another kingdom that you're teaching. The devil, the, the power of darkness that we're dealing with is very subtle, very deceptive. We have no power of our own to achieve or to declare anything. Our sufficiency is of the Lord. Who has made us worthy, competent ministers of the gospel. Are you hearing friends? Prayer is the awakening of our conscience and the unconscious part. There are dimensions of your life that you don't even know about. That's why you do certain things. You get disappointed in yourself. How? There are things locked up within, amen, your suke, your mind. There are values, strange values. There are still passions and, and longings that are locked up on the inside of you that, amen, occasion has not called them. When the right occasion comes, when you find yourself under certain pressure, you find yourself, amen, saying, I don't know Jesus. Like Peter. I mean, Peter said, I don't know him. He did not, Peter himself could not believe that he could deny Jesus Christ. <laughs> when Jesus told him, Amen, before the cock crow three, three, three times you're going to deny me, he said, No. And Peter meant what he said. He said, No, I will not do. I will never do such a thing. What is the lesson in that, in that teaching? You don't know yourself until Christ reveals who you are to you. You don't know what you can do until Christ, hallelujah, reveals, shed his light into that dimension of your life. That's why a true Christian, a true follower of Christ is never surprised. You should never be caught surprised by people's act because those people themselves don't know themselves. Beyond the fact that, you know, people can make you do things. You can make yourself do certain things that you, you, you never thought you could do. These are all things locked within your soul realm, soul power. And that's why they say we die daily. You don't go and put yourself on the cross to, you know, to be nailed. No, you die to those things. And that's what I'm saying. Prayer awakens, amen, our conscience and the unconscious. There are, there are realms, there are thought life, there are, you know, realities within, amen, your subconscious. Within your subjective and objective mindset that you don't even know exists. But when you begin to pray, they begin to probe those things. You see, prayer is the searching of the inner man. The Bible says, is the spirit, yes, that searcheth, is searching, is searching, is bringing out things. 
is revealing you to you. So that on that day you will not stand before him naked. You won't stand before him being rejected. They say, but we heal in your name. We raise the dead in your name. We cast out demon in your name. We did ministry in the best way we can do it. Look at all the things we have done for you. How can you say you don't know me? He said, depart from me. I know you not. Oh, no, 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 no. Lord, you, 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 you must be mistaking me for somebody else. See the thing. I mean, I, there were miracles. We raised dead people in our ministry. <laughs> when we're talking about great men of God, how do we define them? How do we validate them? This man raised, you know, dead people in his church. He opened blind eyes. <laughs> yeah, they built schools they built university they did this thing they did that they, they, thousands of people came to their crusade ground well done Jesus says sorry all of the things that you did are tantamount to the works of iniquity how can that be listen Jesus did not say well that, that devil you raised Excuse me, that you know, uh, man, you raised from the dead. You used you used the demonic power. He never said that. He just said you are workers of iniquity. Iniquity is the opposite of righteousness. You see, you have to get to a certain point in your life where you burn certain bridge, you make certain decision, and if that if that decision you make based on righteousness is going to cost you everything you are let it cost you you see i don't want to enter the kingdom and i don't want to live for for god amen in a in a realm in a state of compromise i will go all the way with i will go with god but i will just add a little bit of my own i will just do you see because now uh, um i'm many years old now i don't have a house to my name i don't have a car to my name i don't have this i don't have that so let me just do just a little bit of what others are doing at least so that i can leave something for my children <laughs> hello There is a company of people that walk this earth that no, not too many people know them. But heaven recognizes them. The powers of darkness recognize them. Angels are bowing before them. Because their life is a mirror of heavenly standard. You know, people can walk this earth and you never really get to know them. Maybe you bump into some of their material. Like, you know, of late, I've been bumping into some materials and some names I've never heard before. And I'm listening to this people. I'm saying, oh my God. Oh my Lord, help my soul. <laughs> Hidden. God hid them. So their work and their message would not be contaminated. I don't want to be found in every church. I don't want to go to every church. I don't want to be known. I don't want to be seen on every pulpit because certain pulpits you go there, they will corrupt even the message God has given to you. Certain places you go to in the name of looking for platforms and looking for God knows what. Amen. You will be swallowed up. Yes. Like the young prophet. After he has done the work of God, the old prophet said, come and eat. A prepared meal. Whoa, what a message you preach today. I was, I was, I was, you know, by the spirit, I was just listening, watching a video on YouTube of this man of God preaching. 
And the Lord began to open my eyes to see his journey. And it's like the Lord was telling me, now this guy has become very popular in my country, Nigeria. He's very popular. Everybody now wants him. Every, even churches that before were not accepting, they want him to come and preach. And the Lord said to me, this is the beginning of the end of his ministry. I did not ordain him to be in all of these places that he's going. Now he doesn't have time for me, but he's got a lot of time for ministry. And as the Lord was speaking to me, I was saying to the Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Because I know that God was using his life as a parable to speak to me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, Lord. Some of you are not designed to be known by all. You want to do ministry, everybody, the whole world must see you. No, they didn't design you for the whole world to know. We have, you see, you have to know the mind of God. That's what we're talking about. The Lord was showing me. This man, I was just watching him. And the Lord began to plunge me into his life. When this man had nothing, I used to visit him. In his room. I used to talk to him. He used to have contact with me. Relation. We used to share things. Deep things. But he wanted to be known. He wanted to be popular. He said, see today. He's got it. But this is the end. This is the beginning of the end of his ministry. The Lord was, I was praying, God have mercy. I can imagine the check they will be writing, you know, they will be writing for this guy when he finish in some of these churches because I know those churches. I know, I know their pastors. I know those men of God. And the Lord, another thing the Lord said to me, <laughs> while I'm on this, another thing the Lord said to me, you see this man, they are, they are in their end of days, they are in their dying days. Now they are inviting young minister and young ministry, alright, to help them to keep what they have built because many of them have built big things. Of course, they no longer have the kind of strength like David when David became old. They no longer have the kind of strength and power, yes, to go out and do the kind of things. Now they are inviting all these young men and they've got the resource and the Lord said to me, this will are going to fade away. But if care is not taken, they will pass the same spirit to these young people, to these vibrant young men that are coming up now. You see, because many of them don't have the kind of cloud, have the kind of resource, the kind of position that these so-called men of God have. And that will be the place of compromise. When God calls you out of your father's house, you need to know what that means. I don't need the cloud of a man, hallelujah, to make me popular. I don't need another ministry. Friends, listen, I believe in relationship. I believe in, you know, in serving. And I do all of that. I've done all of that. And I'm still going to do as the Lord will lead me. But listen, I don't need the platform of another ministry. I was reading and as if, you know, while I was thinking about this, and the Lord opened my eyes to a, a scripture. Paul was saying, do we need your validation or the validation of men 
Amen. To, to, to proclaim and to declare this gospel that we're, that we're preaching to you. He said, do we need the validation of, do we need, you know, a letter, that's how I put it. Do we need a letter of recommendation from, you know, from somebody or from you, hallelujah, to prove our apost- apostolic ministry? He says, you are our validation. You are the very fruits of our, of our apostolic ministry. I say, Lord, help me. What am I saying? In fact, I'm not saying anything. I'm just echoing what I believe the Spirit of God will have us, you know, understand. You see, because prayer is beyond just, well, I pray for something and it happened. Certain things you will ask for in prayer, they will not give it to you physically. Amen. But they will be dangling that thing before you to keep you alive, to keep you passionate. Because listen, the end result of a prayer is the manifestation of what you ask for, isn't it? The Bible says, amen, this man who left the land of bondage, though they did not enter, amen, yes. Though, though, though they did not enter, but they saw the city from afar. Sometimes God just wants you to see that thing from afar to keep your hope alive. They put certain things in your life. They call it, you know, Satan's messenger. It's called a thorn in the flesh. Those things, they are there to accommodate your life, your spiritual journey. No amount of binding and losing will take them away. They keep them there. They give it. They give you to remind you to keep you abreast, to keep you aligned. You see, when you preach that today, people will tell you you are out of order. You're preaching something that is heretic. Who says it's scripture? Because our idea of prayer is God. You must remove all the devil. You must remove all the witches. You must remove all the God knows who. No, certain witch they keep it there for you to help you <laughs> to keep. Align with the will of God, with the purposes of God. They put you in that fire, amen, to remind you. The essence of prayer is not to remove every problem. It's for you to see Christ and embrace what you've been designed to embrace so his will can continue, amen, to prosper in your life. Can you understand that? Do you have enough faith to accept what I've just said? We have to understand these things. We have to see these things. What will keep your anointing and grace fervent and relevant is when you accept the pathway that heaven has ordained for you. Every one of us has got a divine pathway. I don't want to be like other men of God. No. They have their own pathway. They have their own grace. They have their own calling. If you begin to, you know, compare yourself with somebody else, guess what? You remove yourself from the grace that God has designed for you in terms of the unique ministry that has been committed into your hands. Well, those ones, they've got 5,000, God knows what. They've got this, they've got that. But just look at me. How do you, how dare you compare yourself? 
That's why I keep saying this ministry of borrowing from here, borrowing from there, you know, borrowing idea from borrowing. No, no, it doesn't work. Listen, even in the place of prayer, they will give you your own tongue. They will give you your own lingua. They will give you, amen, the power to express spiritual things the way you should express it. You can be given, you can be, you can be given a spiritual message. Guess what? But you are not given the language yet. So you want to take that which has been given to you and take TDJ's language to express it so that, you know, people can buy into it. No, you have stepped into the flesh. And that thing, you've killed it. It's not going to work. God supervises everything that defines his program for our life is the way of the prophetic. Heaven supervises every step you take. There is no step you take in the things of God that you are allowed to do it, amen, outside of the mind of Christ. He said, well, uh, now we've received the anointing. Come on, let's go. No, you can't go. The power to go must come from the Lord. (laughs) You can't go. You can't plunge yourself because that's where the ministry is. It's popular there. Souls are there. No, they didn't send you there. Where they send you is where is good for your soul. That's why I said there are dimensions locked within our life that we don't even know they are there. This morning I was praying. The Lord says it is vision and not an ambition. The only way you know somebody driven by vision or ambition, amen, is the factor of Christ. Are they seeking to die? Are they seeking to be hidden? Are they seeking to bear the cross? Are they seeking to let go and give all? Or are they looking for opportunity to be known, to be popular, to become, to achieve, to be great, as if they are not already great in the Lord? Praying the kingdom of God. When the kingdom of God comes into your sphere, into your realm, your entire value system will change. Your, your sight will change. How do you talk about the prophetic when the kingdom of God has not take amen, its place and dominance over your life? Oh, Father, help us. What a new day you have ushered us into. Help us to understand the ways of your spirit. The only way the government of God's kingdom can be manifest in our life is when we have totally submitted our entire faculty or faculties to the wisdom and sovereignty of Christ. God is not going to take 99.9 of yourself. He wants all. Because a little leaven, the Bible says, Levels the whole lumps. The principle of the kingdom is just put just a bit. That's enough. To influence the entire door. To influence the entire atmosphere. It's just a little perfume. Just a little incense. Yes. The only way the government of God's kingdom can be manifest 
in and through our life is when we have totally, completely submitted our entire faculty. Not to men who can confidently say that they've done that as followers of Christ. Because we are still struggling with our, you know, with our own desire, with our will. We prefer our will. We prefer our desire. We prefer, you know, something that we have prayed for all our life. We want to see that in manifest. And they say, sorry, this thing is not going to really allow certain dimension of God to be manifest in your life. We do let it go. And I say, no, no, no. I've all my life prayed for this thing. They say, when you, when you come of age, amen, you live childish things. When you come of age, amen, your priorities, your motivations should change. No. Because that's their dream. Have a dream husband, I have a dream wife, I have a dream home, I have a dream car, I have a dream this. <laughs> Friends, that's childish. When you come to maturity, you start dreaming the dreams of God. No longer my will. Jesus, at the end of his ministry, prayed this prayer. Not my will. Even at that point of pain. He knows what is before him. And guess what? All that he did, he did as man. So don't say, well, he was God. He is God. No, no, no. He did everything as man. He prayed in Gethsemane. Not my will. He had a will. He could choose. He could command things to happen. He could, but he would have altered, hallelujah, the agreement the Trinity made. He faced the pain. He faced, hallelujah, the, 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 the antagonism. He faced, hallelujah, the challenge. He bore the sin of the world upon his shoulder. Not my will, but your will be done, Father. Coming out of the prayer, the people he chose to go with him, he found them sleeping. <laughs> Children, he found them sleeping. Do you understand this? He found them sleeping. By the third time he came, he said, Let's, 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 let's go. The hour of darkness is upon the earth. Friends, I pray that we will yield our spirit, our entire being to God's desire and demand for this new day. That we will not be captured by temporal challenges and needs or temporal success. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things. It possess when your life is consist or is consisted by the things that you possess it means that you really do not understand the essence of Christ and his kingdom in your space it's time to begin to understand the higher life the deeper life the life called immortal. It's time to offer yourself to God. 
and let his will be done in your life so at least you can have joy because only the fulfillment of the will of God in the life of a person will produce true joy not a temporary thing men call happiness happiness is as a result of material things and guess what material things fade away they, they, they decay they corrupt they become obsolete you have to change them amen that's why the world system amen you know they know how to make money out of Christians because every year they come out with something new they call it upgrade because they know whatever you have that is shiny now give it another six months that thing fades away. In fact, they make it to fade away. Have you noticed that even with the world of phone, after a few years, two, three years, you use your phone, that thing no longer works again the way, uh -huh, it's time to upgrade. When you go and say, let's fix it, they say, no, it's due for upgrade. <laughs> it's due for upgrade. When you have the joy of God, you will learn to live in a state that is content, you're content. Your life is no longer defined and motivated by how things come, how expensive they are, how important they are. What defines how things are important? Men? I tell people, I still go to certain place, you know, you call them God knows. I, I do, is oh God help us. You see, there's a place you come to in God that the way you live on earth will begin to mirror the heavenly life. That's the point. That's the point I'm trying to make. And, and I'm not there yet, but that's my longing. I've lost so many things for Christ's sake. Things that if I'm not determined to follow the Lord, I would have backslidden. Because I would think maybe there's a demon, there's a devil chasing me all the way from Nigeria to South, <laughs> to South Africa. <laughs> hey! But we have known, we have learned the ways of the kingdom. If you have not understood the ways of the kingdom, you need to go and read a lot of my materials. You will begin to understand. Don't just listen to the message and shake your head. No. Let the word sink deep into your recess. Into the core of your structure. What you focus is what you become. If you focus on the realities of the kingdom, very soon your life will begin to you know, gravitate towards that order. If you focus on just religion, just something you can get, you cherry pick. Okay, that's what you're gonna get. Tomorrow you're gonna face the same problem. Next tomorrow you're gonna face. Next year you're gonna face the same. You will never come out of it because you'll be going round and round, circle. May Christ be formed in you. May the kingdom of God become a reality to you. May the mind of Christ becomes what you. What you long for, what you soul desire, what your soul longs for. May truth today becomes your shield. May you live in the ways of Christ and his kingdom. May you 
begin to focus on what matters to the Lord. Not just what your soul longs for. So where you pray, pray. Hallowed be your name, Father. Your kingdom. Your kingdom come. When the kingdom of God comes, everything heavenly becomes your passionate desire. Everything heavenly becomes the longing of your heart. Everything heavenly becomes your pursuit. When you have a glimmer of the kingdom of God, I can bet you you will never desire anything earthly again. The ways of this world will become a disdain to you. Oh, Father. In our weakness, we make men strong. In our lack, we make men rich. In our fear, we give faith to to people. We thank you. That wisdom is showing us the higher life. Wisdom is building a house in us. We sow that we may reap the fruits of the Spirit. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. As it is done in heaven, let it be done in me and in us. Take your place. You said, without you, we can do nothing. So we acknowledge this morning that indeed you are the vine and we are the branches. And we want to remain in you so you can remain in us. So we can bear much fruit because in this the Father is glorified. I am the vine. You are the branches, he said. The one who remains in me. Friends, it's a ministry to make sure that you remain in him. Is one of the most powerful ministry that we don't talk about. Learning to remain, to abide. I notice that one of the keys to remaining in Christ is to embrace the ministry of Christ-centered prayer. When you begin to embrace a, a prayer that is centered on Christ, it's an easy way, it's one of the most easiest way to remain. Because listen to this. It's so easy to be deviated, to be derailed from Christ and the things of Christ when you are being overwhelmed by the crisis of, of the world. 
purpose of that is to derail you, is to shift your focus. So they say, find it within your heart to remain, to abide. And that will require that you keep doing things that will allow you to do that. So Father, we thank you that we will remain, we will, we will continue to do, we will continually watch at your temple. We will position ourselves at the gateposts before your altar so we can continually remain in you. He said we must, it's, it's if a man will remain in me. Remain in me, he said. So we have the power. We have the, remember I told us, he gave us the will. The will is to remain in him. I choose this day to remain in Christ. Things are going to come your way to want to take you off the center, to want to take you off that order. But you have to. I'm going to remain. I'm going to stay. I'm going to keep my mind on the Lord. I'm going to keep my mind stayed on the Lord. I refuse to be anxious about anything, but in all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Philippians, Philippians 4, 6. I make my request known unto him. And then in result, it gives me a mind that is stable, a, a mind of peace. Oh, Father. May your kingdom come into these things, into these dimensions of our life. We want to remain. It will be dangerous to cut ourselves off the vine. To try to survive when we are being disconnected, cut away from the, from the vine. The Bible says we are going to die. We're going to be cut off. We're going to be thrown into the fire because we have become what? Dry. When you become dry, amen, you're good for what? Firewood. That's what the word says. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and with us. Such a branch or such branches are gathered up, thrown into the fire and burnt. Yes. People get that heat once and that's it. You become ashes. No good for, for any use again to be thrown away. Thrown in the dunghill. Some people have become dry and you see them, they're like fire. Ooh, everything is going. You, you think ah, these people are ignited. Oh, they've got the anointing. They've got the power. The Lord just ministered that to me now. <laughs> you don't know that that fire, amen, is their last fire. Is their dying day's fire. Is the last anointing. Samson said, give me just one more power. So I can deal with this Philistine. Why do you have to die? Come on, friends. Listen. It says, they are gathered up. Such branches are gathered up. There are all kinds of meetings. People are gathering up. All kinds of... God knows what's happening. Gathered up. But guess what? It's to be thrown in the fire. 
and those who are watching this fire blazing, they will say, wow, what a, what, what a man, what an anointing, what a grace. No, it is the last fire. You see, I'm balancing this with a teaching we did some time ago. Igniting the fire. <laughs> the word of God is, is amazing. It's, indeed, the word of God is a double-edged sword. So that's why this thing is life. While I'm on it, the Lord just brought that thought to me. You will think, wow. See that ministry. See that man. See that woman. She's got anointing. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's not an anointing. It's something else. When something is about to die, you know, you see them, they, they exert their last strength. To be burned. After a few hours, few days, maybe a few months or a few years, that thing is dead. May that not be our portion. May we remain connected to the fire himself, Christ. So we will continue to burn. Lord, we thank you. I appreciate you for your word. Your word will cause us to be angry, but your word will change us. Your word will, 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 will sometimes sound as if who told that man or who, who gave him such a permission to speak like that? But it's for, it's, for, it's for us to change. Your word will cause a rude awakening in us. Help us. Help us. May this word heal our body from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. Our minds, our thoughts, every part of us. Those areas that we are holding on to that we don't want to let go. May this word engage those areas. May freedom come. May we be people who are kingdom pushers, kingdom seekers. May we become people whose life at the conduit of the manifestations of your kingdom. I bless your name, Father, for all my brothers and sisters that will join us this morning and those that will be listening to this broadcast later. May this truth find them in a place where they will yield totally to your ways. All glory to you. Praise to you. We celebrate you once again. Thank you, Lord, that our life is becoming the expression of prayer in the earth. We are becoming the result of kingdom-centered prayer. Yes. That's what happens. When we pray kingdom-centered prayer, kingdom-focused prayer, we become the answered prayer of such petitions and declarations. So we thank you, Father. Indeed, many of us are the result of, of prayer. So imagine if we begin to pray kingdom-centered prayer over people, over realms, over our family, children, community. They, they cannot but to manifest the fruit of the kingdom. And this is what we desire, Father. That today a posterity will serve you. 
a people will serve you. A nation will serve you. A generation whose hands are lifted and whose heart, oh God, are contrite will serve and honor you. Thank you that we will not take the accursed things. We will not take the accursed things. We will refuse to take the Babylonish garments. We will not heed them in our tents. We will live a life that honor you. In everything that we do, I thank you for productivity today. Advancement. Capacity to become, to reflect, to represent your voice and purposes in the earth. I bless you, O God. Bless your people. Increase them. Enable them. Empower them. Endow them with the riches of heaven. May their life become the expressions of your treasure. Oh, Father, we glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once again, we declare that we love you. Amen. And amen. Our oh, friends, thank you so very much once again, everyone, this morning. Thank you, Sister Priscilla, our brother Shafiki. Thank you, Sister Tina. Thank you for joining. Sister Mary, thank you for joining. We appreciate everyone that has joined us this morning. May the Father continue to uplift you and bless you and increase you and endow you with grace. May your heart continually search and seek for the will of God. May his will prosper in your life. May the counsels of God continue to increase in you. May wisdom guide you and lead you to the place of the Father's good pleasure. Thank you so very much, Sister Myrtle, and everyone out there. God bless you. We appreciate your joining this morning. Have yourself a wonderful and a blessed day. God bless you. We hope to see you again. Amen. God bless you. In Jesus' name. See you again. Bye-bye.